Hey guys, thank you for joining Late Night with White. We are starting season two. I am so thrilled. And yeah, I took a bit of a hiatus to kind of get my thoughts together. We had um, school starting for the kids and just, you know, life. Life gets busy. And I didn't want to push through a podcast for the sake of hitting some kind of imaginary arbitrary number. I wanted it to be, um, to offer my, my best self at the moment. And so, uh, here we are. And thank you for your support, for your outpouring of, um, you know, comments and, and criticisms that have been really good in helping me make a better podcast. Cause it's just me, you know, and, um, people who consented to interviews and we just haven't gotten there yet. Um, interviews that have been tabled and you know I'm still doing some edits and tweaking on them thank you I'm so appreciative and um, tonight I'm once again thinking about Flannery O'Connor she's large in my my um, ethical uh, you know when I when I think about Christianity Flannery looms large kind of like a C.S. Lewis um, in my mind um, because her writings are evocative of the kind of things that we really, we're believers, should be grappling with, right? And, you know, her Southern Gothic, as it's called, is um, loaded with Christian allegory. So I'm thinking about her out in these modern times, um, and I'm thinking about Langston Hughes. Uh, the story in particular of O'Connor's I'm thinking about is Revelation. The story of Hughes that I'm thinking about is Thank You, Ma'am. And they're twinners, and this this kind of just works itself out because in Turpin from Revelation, we have a big woman who is a uh, devout Christian who is, in her essence, Antichrist who is, in her essence, everything that Christ uh, stood against, right? And then we have in Langston Hughes's um, um, big person, big woman, Mrs. Jones, who is loving and kind and offers forgiveness. And in that character, we can see that same just position of Christian ethos and pathos and even logos if you count their words and actions and I think today in society we're grappling with these same twins right the people who have set themselves up as this is Christianity and there's no love there's no they won't wear a mask right they've attempted to take principles by force and zip tie them They've coughed on people. They've hit and spat on people. Right? But would call themselves Christian. And then you have those who don't make any particular um, statement of belief. Who are doing the very things that Christ urges us to do in being neighborly, being kind showing compassion and love towards our fellow man. Condemnation or forgiveness. 
you can't do both, right? That's a very difficult, impossible fence to straddle. So as I think about Turpin in particular and her self-righteousness, that's what it is, her idea of being better, being a pillar of her community, then if you link this back to Shirley Jackson, you know, who are these pillars? If our community is so fraught with division and hatred and uh, violence against each other, who are these pillars? What, what, ha- what are they holding upright? And so Miss Turpin has gone through her life clapping herself on the back for being good and white and Christian when confronted with a young girl is told that she is a hog from hell. And this startles her into like her first moment of self-reflection. She asks, how can I be hog and me both? And that's the part from this text that really resonates with me. How can I be hog and me both? Turpin is dealing with the fact that she's not as good as she would like to be. She's far from it. And at the end, in her revelation, hence the title, when she sees heaven and realizes perhaps for the first time that, whoa, 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 it's not like I imagined. And I'm not going there in my present state. And then we think about Langston Hughes' character uh, who takes this boy who has attempted to steal from her. It's 11 o'clock at night. She's tired. She's worked. She's on her way home. This young kid, you know, 14, 15, attempts to snatch her purse. She's a big woman, so she doesn't go down. In fact, she's able to hold on to him and drag her to her house and not let go. But while he's there, look, He's fed. He's given something to drink. He's given some of her cake. He's told to wash his face and to comb his hair. He's told to sit and eat and then eat again. You know, of of the bounty that she has to offer. And she tells him, "I, I know what it's like to be you. I've done things that I'm ashamed of. She doesn't ask him, well, who's your family and why aren't they better? And, you know, why, why are you doing this? And I ought to call the cops. When he asks her about calling the cops, are you going to call the police? No, I'm not going to call the cops. And in a state of such grace, at the end, she gives him the $10 to go buy the shoes that he was willing to steal to get. Because sometimes in this life, Having our needs met is not enough. We've got to get something we want, don't we? We've got to get something we want. I mean, if it's just food, water, shelter, um, the, the basics, if that made us happy, well, most of us, by all accounts, should be happy. But our wants also, on occasion, have to be met. And so she answers to his wants. And in that moment when he leaves with that $10 in his pocket, he leaves a better, more fulfilled person. And we compare that to Turpin, who's never done that for anyone. 
whose mind and thoughts don't even lend her because she's so busy being better. She's so busy being exalted. And of course, these texts remind me of our current state where people cough on each other, where people attack hostesses who demand that they masks up, where people go to schools with zip ties to take principals hostage for sending home a sick child, possibly with COVID, so they can get tested and treated. This is a society where testing mandates get barely a glimpse of parent recognition, where uniforms um, code violations, funding. You can't get parents to fill, to fill three seats, but mask mandates, they're overrun. And the people who attend are overwrought. It's a hard time to be a believer. I was talking with a friend today. We had a very long, extensive texting session about people who say they believe in Jesus but there's no evidence of it and he joked well um, you have to remember what happened the first time he came like yeah okay that that puts it in context Um, and I'm you know people who know me know that I'm not I don't really even call myself a Christian because it's so loaded and because it's so negative. And I think O'Connor would agree with me that it's just a placeholder, right? It's a shield against doing what's right. I'm a Christian. What the hell are you doing that's Christ-like? What are you doing that's so... Christ-like, and Mrs. Jones doesn't in any way speak of heaven or hell or Christ the way that Miss Turpin does. She never makes any vowels one, one way or the other, but her actions are deeply Christ-like. She doesn't condemn this young boy doesn't call the cops. She offers him a resting place late at night away from the streets upon which he could also be prey. She sends him out with a washed face, a combed head, and a full belly. The turpins of the world don't do that because they're hogs. They're busy consuming. They're busy preying on their fellow man. That's what a warthog does. It preys. It's an ugly pig that preys. P-R-E-Y. And so me and the, the person I was chatting with were discussing what it's like having faith in this age 
so many people say they're Christian, but they don't want to expand health care. They don't want to be sure everybody's fed. They aren't so concerned about everybody being well-educated. They aren't concerned about the nurture and compassion. Their concern for the unborn is temporary. And once that child is birthed, eh. Because really the birth is a punishment for the young lady, woman, older woman. Usually most people who have abortions are married women. Let's just be honest about this. That's what the stats tell us. With children. So maybe we have more family-friendly policies, more leave, better daycare. There wouldn't be abortions. But somehow we don't think broadly like that. We're too busy condemning. Like Mrs. Turpin, we're too busy feeling good about the fact that we've never had to have an abortion, that we're married, that you know we've got the picket fence and the trappings of a middle-class life that really don't bear fruit. Mrs. Turpin's life doesn't bear any fruit the way that Mrs. Jones's life Langston Hughes describes her stoop as barren, but what goes on in her house and heart is anything but. It bears a lot of fruit in the young boy Roger that she pulls from the streets, literally pulls from the streets. And so it's the struggle You know, I'm a daughter of a Methodist minister. It's a struggle to proclaim myself a Christian. Because I only see a lot of hypocrisy and pain and suffering at the hands of so-called Christians. And I have no doubt that young people are turned away by it that they find in their parents so much hypocrisy and ungodliness that the idea of continuing in church is uh, abhorrent to them and they're fleeing in droves and I can't argue against it. And I didn't really mean to even talk about Christianity. I just want to talk about these two literary characters as they're written by their prospective authors who were criticizing or acknowledging these belief systems, right? And we've talked about Flannery, you know, O'Connor before, um, and her open criticisms of this type of Christianity. And, you know, think about the 50s, what kind of people were going to church and what the society around them was asking for and how few of them stood up for anything decent. But yet it was the Southern Christian Leagues and the 
you know, these same people who bombed black churches. I guess Jesus was on uh, one side and not the other. I mean, just it's hard to even grapple with, right? And it's hard for me to look in certain spheres of our political spectrum and hear someone say they're a Christian and support egregious persons, manipulative persons, or policies that are damaging to the souls of their fellow Americans. And not only Americans, people around the globe, because America's footstep is that large. And so even before Trump, if I were to speak very personally and plainly, I had difficulty saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I I like the term believer. Because that aligns better with my idea of the radical message of Christ, of loving your neighbor, the person who doesn't look like you, the person who isn't in your same sect, class, station, educational, you know, whatever it is. The radical message of that of looking at a white person and knowing in your heart and saying to yourself and convincing yourself that this is a person that is made in the image of God. Looking at a black person, a gay person, transgender person and saying, this is a person who is made in the image of God. At the end of Revelation, Turpin gets to see heaven. And at that moment that she's witnessing this vision, it's clear that she's not included. At that particular moment in time, she would not be going to that place. And so it's a revelation for her, but it's also opportunity for redemption. And in Langston Hughes' text, we have a woman who is humble, living in a boarding house, doesn't really have a lot to offer, but gives, gives, gives. And the one thing that she gives that is most precious, besides her cake and her food and you know her hot water and a clean towel, is her kindness. You've heard me say, and I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it all season two, good literature is timeless. Timeless. It speaks to our conditions because we've always been these people. The human condition doesn't really change much, does it? So that's where my mind is tonight. I'm thinking about Langston Hughes, whom I love as a Renaissance artist. He's just, you know, the first African-American author to support himself with his words fully, wholly. And Flannery O'Connor, who just nails it. She just nails it. She nails that duplicitous ethos of I'm right when we're often nothing but wrong 
and Miss Turpin has to reckon with how am I hog and me both. And of course, the, the Christian mantra would be that you're not an animal. You've been saved from being an animal. But to be a human, you have to recognize that all those other entities are humans too. That's what raises you up. You can't be a human being and look down on other humans. It's impossible. Ah, weird. Didn't really mean to go there, but it's late. Things happen late at night. Thank you for listening in. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for your comments. Remember, my email is latenightwithwhite at gmail.com. I would appreciate anything you have to say. And I know we have to do a, a Q&A for season one. We'll, we'll get to that. It's definitely uh, on the burner and not the back burner. It's on a burner. And I hope you have a very good night. Bye.